Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is episode 87, Sunday, October 24th, 2021. Yes, we are not on our regular day. We are, uh, again, back on on the weekend, specifically Sunday, just relaxing here, 11 a.m. Perfect time to talk about video games. Uh, your host this week, myself, Lee Ann Reed. Hello. Hi. Uh, so last week, we, uh, we got into Resident Evil. We started talking about it right off the hop, and uh, that's going to be our feature, is kind of a faux retrospective loose retrospective just open conversation about resident evil versus going through them chronologically or doing anything like that because not that i don't think the series warrants it i just don't think that's the way for us to feature it um because we neither of us like you are you know quickly earning a reverence for that series i think but i i don't i won't revere it in the same way yeah i i think it's interesting to do like a pseudo retrospective of the series through the games that i'm playing sort of um because i'm going to be playing a bunch of them throughout the rest of october and uh and then some so yeah like i'm playing a bunch of different ones but uh yeah good times we last Uh, like we last left off you uh me and you had started playing resident evil 5 yeah. You uh, then started playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, or finished Resident Evil 2 Remake. We That's were talking right. about the the different uh, paths uh, of the Claire and Leon story in that. And then uh, you, you've, you've got 3 Remake, and you're playing that, or you finished that now. No, I, uh, yeah, last night I finished Resident Evil 3 Remake. My time was 4 mi- hours and 4 minutes. I was, Damn. I just got 4 minutes over the required amount for, um, I wonder what the speedrun record is on that game. Probably, probably very short. Um, three, but I, like under 2 hours for yeah. sure, right? But I will talk more in detail about Resident Evil 3 Remake <laughs> when we go into what we've been playing, because there's a lot to say under about fi- What if I said under 50 minutes? Yeah, that, I think that's doable. Yeah. I, if you skip cutscenes, yeah. I think you could, I think you could do that. Um... And then besides that, I am also playing Resident Evil 4, also for my stream yes. and YouTube. And then I plan on playing Resident Evil 6, the Resident Evil 1 remake. And I some year down the line, I will play Revelations 2 because I got that for 77 cents. You gotta, you have to buy it at that price. That's yeah. like less than the price of, a, of an Eat More chocolate bar. Fuck yeah. Just eat, a chocolate bar. Eat Mores are great. Yeah, Eat Mores are great. And that's just... Now I want to eat more. Damn it. <clears throat> Went to the gas station the other day looking for those hand warmer things. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. The person behind the till clearly thought I was talking about gloves. She's like, like, gloves? And I'm like, no. Like, the, thi- the- oh, fuck it. And I had to go to the dollar store. <laughs> and they got all the uh, the knockoff chocolate bars. But they also have the actual chocolate bars. So they got, like, the house brand. It's like you can get the meteor bar. One of them, Reed, is very close to a fusion bar. It has those little rice crispy balls I, uh, I, one of one of our Dollarama. Dude, what yeah. the fuck is a fusion bar? <laughs> is a fusion bar? Uh, the fusion bar was the the caramel and like the 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 little crispy uh, spheres in the chocolate bar. You don't remember the fusion bar? God no, damn, man. Reed! I thought we were talking about this the other day. No, we've completely gone off the rails. And the best part about this is this will be included in the compilation of the Resident Evil retrospective. <laughs> uh, so we've we've worked our way to I believe chapter four. Four two or four four three, I think, is where we left off on Resident Evil Five, yeah. uh, which is it's fun. Uh, I think the what makes that such a compelling co op game is the really quick back and forth of you pick up this, I pick up that, and uh, the pacing of dealing with enemies, dealing with puzzles, and then having those little moments where we can just inventory manage and load all our guns, and it's it's got an ebb and a flow to it. Uh, where it, you're you're never in any one area too long. You're never doing any one thing for too long. Yes, it's paced and, very uh, well. Yes, and that's it's a tour de force in that uh, in that like if you use that same pacing, you could make any number of co-op shooters. Like they would be compelling. Uh, and so we get into the story here. We've there's a lady with a very low cut dress. Uh, <laughs> Ir- Irvine Irving. Irvine? Irvine Irvine turned into a fish man, and he said, "Go into the cave. You're you'll find some stuff there." And then we did, uh, there was the progenitor virus, which Umbrella used to make the Why T-virus. Was, if Irvine was clearly meant to be just like a, hey, if, if anything gets real bad here, man, stick this in your neck and become a giant monster and try to kill Chris <laughs> and Sheva. Also, you can never, like... Why couldn't he put something in his neck and become Wesker? I guess they wouldn't want someone else as as powerful. No, so, under... like, th- and that's like the, that's like... You have to also take with a grain of salt that, like, Capcom doesn't give a fuck about, like, these finer details. 
but they try to write it off as basically Wesker was like one of like 12 kids that were taken and we'll learn this later in the game I think I think this isn't Resident Evil 5 it might be also in 6 um but basically Wesker and a bunch of other kids were taken as and they were like raised by Umbrella to be like super duper smart and the best and then the whole time they were secretly like researching these kids DNA and then when they all turned like fucking whatever age they all like basically secretly ingested them with this like virus and only Wesker survived and Alex Wesker who was in like the Revelations games but like who he has a shit uh so Wesker survives and he's like slightly stronger and faster at first um but because he survived that it's they give him like a secondary virus after that for <laughs> Resident Evil 1 and they're sure. like they're like all right you're going to go get combat data for the tyrant in Resident Evil 1 you're going to lure him all there. Just to be safe, uh, we're going to give you this secondary virus. So Wesker injects it in himself. Uh, then when the tyrant, like, fucking kills him in Resident Evil 1, they basically say, like, in the lore that, like, that activates the secondary virus he got. And that's where he gets all his anime powers from. So he's, like, reanimated with, with powers. Yes. So he's, yeah, he's kind of like a sentient super zombie, I guess you could say. So it was also an extra life. That was like a known thing. Like inject yourself with this, and you'll you'll like you if you yeah tyrant. if you'll die, you'll come back, and you'll be like way fucking strong. I don't even know if they intended him to be like way fucking stronger, but they're well, like. Doesn't he? Is Wesker still representing Umbrella in no, this game? No, 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 no. As I guess as early as Resident Evil One, he was no longer with Umbrella. He right. Was, so he you're was... gonna want to say you're gonna want to say that this is un unintended. Uh, Oh. For Umbrella, that he has come back with superpowers. Yeah. This is not... Yeah. Yes. It, that's hard to say if, the if like, him having, like, anime powers was intended by Umbrella right. or not. Like, obviously, what it was was Capcom's, like, fuck, we want to bring Wesker back. Let's just say that, like, he injected himself with some virus. Also, we like, we like anime now because Code Veronica. So that's all it okay, is. Okay, so Resident Evil 4. Yes. Where does that virus come from? Las Plagas is just, like, a thing that's existed since the beginning of time, apparently. It's just a thing okay. in Spain. So not Umbrella-related? No. Uh, Umbrella f manufactured the T-virus, which is the thing that leads to the zombie outbreak in, in Resident Evil 2 and 3, yes. Here's the thing, okay. Lee. As far as Umbrella is concerned, they have no fucking involvement with any games after Resident Evil 3. Okay, like, that's what I figured. Yeah. There's, there's remnants of them because, okay, so we learn in Resident Evil 5, tying it all back together, we get to this cave that Irvin t told us about, yeah. and we find the flower that is the the root of the, the virus. Yeah. The T-virus, okay. yes. It's like the yes. progenitor virus is like where all these other, like when you watch the movies and the spinoff games, like the like the no, E virus stop. and the C no, virus. No, I'm not going to watch any of that. I'm just saying. That's where it's all, it's, that's where it's all come from. But yeah, like, it is a little bit weird and like how it's like, oh, he was injected with a virus as a kid and it made him slightly stronger, but then they gave him another virus and then he died and then it inactivated. I don't know if the superpowers are intentional. I think they're just thinking like, hey, you'll come back. Uh, yeah, that's the the inconsistency of what people when people jab themselves in the neck. Yes, uh, the inconsistency yes. in this in this series where when someone jabs themselves with a fucking syringe, literally anything can happen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Whatever the plot needs to happen will happen for that person. It doesn't make sense for Wesker, who is by all accounts he was born by regular parents, for yeah. him to get superpowers and literally everybody else on the earth doesn't. But I think that's where a little bit of. <laughs> Why? I think that's... Okay, do you know the backstory of Wesker? Why is Wesker, like, an inherently evil dude? Why is he... Is he after money? What is okay, Wesker's so goal? that's the thing we learn in Resident Evil 5, and that's where they try to explain... Ouroboros! Like, yeah, that's, again, where they try to explain why only Wesker has anime powers, and they're like, oh, well, he, like, it was like a one-in-a-million shot, and what he wants to do in Resident Evil 5 is basically give everybody what he has... And only, like, you know, 1% of the entire population will survive and have anime powers like Wesker. Oh. Yes. Okay, well, but this implies that, okay, to make the conditions the same, he would have to give them the, the shitty virus that he had when he was killed by the tyrant. And then the, he would have to, before they die, 
so he would have to give everybody one shot <laughs> and then give them a second shot and then kill them. I, I don't and, know and then if... And 1% the, of them would become I, Wesker. Yeah, I don't know if the first shot he got as a child had anything to do with it, really. This is what I read on the wiki, like, last week. Why? But I don't... So he's, so he's trying to make a, a superior race. He's yes, got, like, a Magneto yes, complex. Yes, because that's, that's, okay. what, that's what Spencer, the guy who created Umbrella, wants to do, and that's what the whole Wesker project was for. He's like okay, want... so he's still he's still carrying on Umbrella's but he legacy ki- though. But he killed Spencer, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna let you do it, and I'm gonna reign as king instead." Like that's it. Okay, so he wants yeah, but like he won't be king if everyone has the same powers he does. But no, His but whole... he, he just he implies like that he's just gonna like be stronger. Uh, oh. Okay, <laughs> he's okay, just sure. like yeah, but like that's where that's where your disbelief has to go into play. He's just like. He's like, and then I will ring as the superior king or whatever the fuck he says. And you're like, all right, I guess he's just like inherently more powerful. Yeah, but inevitably you're going to give somebody superpowers who's like uh, not <laughs> morally corrupt and is this like guy on the side of good. Everybody- it could be Chris Redfield. You could accidentally give Chris Redfield superpowers and Chris Redfield's then going to have the ability to finally put you in the ground. Right, but I don't think I don't think Wesker's like, like, I don't think Capcom is thinking about that much, first of all. And I don't think Wesker is like... Uh, I don't know. Accounting for like people. So is he? Okay. So wherever the story goes, I'm sure you're already aware. He has he has a son. Does his son inherit Wesker's powers? Is it like Lamarckian oh, yeah, evolution? But, like like his, if you got the his son was not like some project by Wesker. It's like the classic. Also, at some point in Wesker's life, he banged some girl, and then and he's got to go on. Yeah, and then he left. Yeah. Like it's it's exactly like in JoJo Golden Wind, like exactly uh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> a reference that everyone will get. <laughs> no, if you do it, it's exactly the same thing. Like the lead villain okay. that like fucked off. Like he's like the worst, evilest piece of shit. But somehow, like ten years ago, he found someone who was willing to have a child with him, and then he just so left. What? So what is the nature, what is the virus that we are currently dealing with in Resident Evil 5? So Resident Evil 5, like, first of all, the people we're fighting are just classic Plagas, like, people, like Resident Evil 4. The implication mm-hmm. is that Ada gave the sample to uh, Wesker from Resident Evil 4, and then Wesker is using it to basically, like, just suppress the area while he uh, harvests the progenitor virus, so he is can make... Is Ada or- evil? Ada? Ada is, like, th- that's exactly the thing. Like, uh, she's evil in the way that I'm trying to find, like, a great example of it. Like, like she's evil in the way Vegeta is evil. Like, <laughs> wait. Not what? Vegeta, no. Yeah, but, like, if Ada's... So Wesker's plan in Resident Evil 5 is essentially to wipe out 99% of the human population. Yeah, but he's not going to tell Ada that he's going to be wiping out 99% of the population. He's just what like, did, Ada... What did he tell her to get her to help him? Because she's very effective, evidently. Uh, so after so after Resident Evil 1, he like left Umbrella. He basically betrayed Umbrella, and he gave the tyrant combat data to... Uh, like they're, they're just called the Rival Company. Um, so when you see him in Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4, he's working for said rival company. Um, Ada also works for rival company. Um, okay. Wesker is like her, uh, you know, like her mission guy, like the per- like her overlooker. So he sends her on the mission to retrieve the Lost Plagas thing. And Ada, as far as she's concerned, is like, like basically just a mercenary... She, like, deep down is a good person, but, like, you know what I mean. I'm trying to think of a great example. Like, like, a, like a gun for hire. Yeah, she's a gun for hire. Deep down, she's a good Mor- person. Morally compromised. Yeah, and she <laughs> and she has feelings for Leon, but, like, she'll never, like, make a world-ending event herself. But, like, she's she's definitely one of those people that are just, like, it's going to happen regardless. Blah, blah, blah. A lot, lawful, lawful neutral? Yeah, sure. Um... <laughs> Yes, that's where all that shit comes in. And then between between 4 and 5, Wesker leaves the rival company and starts his own called, like, uh, YSK. Yeah, YSK or some shit. And that merges with Tricell, which is a different pharmaceutical company. So he's, for all intents and purposes, just made a different umbrella. And that's all this is. (laughs) Right. Okay. All right. So the, the flowers and the cave... He's harvesting that to make his 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 master plan here. 
the the Las Plagas, though, is something that has existed as as far as we know, and that is a separate threat that just happens to pop up. Is it like cicadas? It comes and goes. Is that constantly <laughs> happening somewhere in like um, so some, some backwards Eastern European nation? Is there I, just a town that's losing their minds? Or? What I from what I remember <laughs> in Resident Evil Four, yeah, it's just like some like ancient secret in some fucking cave that like one dude found and made this whole thing about. Uh, so the issue now becomes that these things are now overlapping. That we didn't just end the threat of Wesker in th- in three or what have you. We are now he he he, he is still n- fucking around with this other virus that we we thought we had already wrapped up. No, Meanwhile, and- this ancient virus is now also <laughs> running rampant. But that's the thing. Uh, Wesker didn't like release any viruses or cause any incidents. He was only in Resident Evil One as far as like actual like doing things. He was in Code Veronica, kinda. He did some anime things, but as far as like the overall canon goes, it's not really important. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil Zero, he had a flashback. He wasn't in two. He wasn't in three. He wasn't really in four. He had a quick scene with Ada, just telling her to get the Lost Plagas, um, and then he shows up in five as the main villain. So like the implication, of course. Why is, does okay? How do you get the Lost Plagas? You just you just get a flesh sample. You just like you, you played the game. They fucking inject it in Leon's neck. It's like a little tiny bug thing. Yeah, but okay. What is? Oh man. What? What does it do to him? It makes him like scream. so. Lost then... Plagas go goes into like your nervous system, and it doesn't do anything at first. It has to take a while to take over. But whoever uh, owns like the like the Queen Lost Plagas bug thing, sure, um, yeah, okay. like controls all the other like whatever you want to call them. like you know the White Walkers in Game of Thrones season yeah, eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, that okay. shit. And Leon, Leon gets the cure by the end. Yeah, yes, of course. Like, cause he's not, cause he's not fucking a Las Vegas guy anymore. Yeah, he doesn't get yeah. tuberculosis. But that's like why when you Morgan. shoot off sometimes, like the head of a Granado in Resident Evil Four, monster in there. Yeah, the big thing comes out because that's the Las Plagas thing that's grown to a mature level. Okay, so it's like an ancient bug that can that parasite yes, that ex- takes over the human exactly. body. Exactly, and then you get to like okay. Resident Evil Eight and Seven with the mold, which has also existed since apparently the beginning of time. Why does Wesker want the... Okay, so so at the end of the day, the Resident Evil series now, as we see it, if we step back and we look at the whole gallery picture of Resident Evil, it is about a a, a offshoot of the military whose job it is to deal with uh, various, viruses, various... both ancient and supernatural, and man-made. Yeah, I would say not really supernatural. I would say various biohazard incidents because the mold and lost plagas are still technically viruses well, and biohazards. You can't say it's non-fictional. It's not just making people sick and killing them. It's turning them into giants and monsters. Right, but so. I wouldn't call it supernatural. Is all I'm saying. I would. Like, like, it's not, you go, it's not you, ghosts. It's not ghosts and and spooks. Right, but you could you could set a Resident Evil in medieval times, and you play as like Albert. Uh, you play as like some sh- far. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you not could. Wesker. Uh, yeah, you, you play as like a, a an ancient Redfield, like you're like a knight. Yeah, and like this Lost Plagas thing could happen, and then you could have a guy fighting like dragons and shit, but they're like b- big tumory monsters. Yeah, the dragons would, would be like mold monsters instead. Yeah, who wouldn't play that? Oh no, you absolutely could do that, and it would uh, make sense. Um, okay, but so okay, so I'm uh, I'm talking through the the I'm talking through what I've experienced of Resident Evil and, and I've always been trying to be like what is the constant threat? So what is what are these characters actually that, trying to achieve? See, and what what is their motivation? See, that's the thing, Lee. Is that's what I had to wrap my head around. Is this isn't Metal Gear Solid where there's like a beginning and an end to this saga or anything like that. It's um like it's it's I won't even say like. It's not just like GTA because there's constantly related characters, of course. Um, well, that's maybe what makes it unique. But like, it's not even like James Bond, where it's just like there's a villain of the week and we got to yeah. go stop him. It's like no, there's a constant. We are the people who have to deal with this constant arcing threat of like this one madman Wesker who's got superpowers. Uh, the remnants of what this Umbrella Corporation did in terms of manufacturing yeah, these it, it's viruses. More, yeah, it's way yeah. more like Resident Evil 1 and 2 as a launching ship to various games yeah. that can all deal with uh, isolated biohazard incidents because yeah. the Resident Evil 2 was not the end of the world. It was the introduction of bioweapons into, like, into the world. And because of that, it, it's just like if you introduced uh, like a new like popular firearm yeah. or something, you would see it popping up in various places all over the world. 
It's, um, it's more like 24. It's more like this is the, the shadow or you, we don't even know that this is taking place. Uh, like it's 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 covered up in the news. Like yeah. you never hear about it. But somewhere there is a man with massive arms. Yes, yes, and he's exactly. saving us all. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, be, like each game will maybe call back to and reference one or two things from a previous game, but that's about it. There's never going to be like, like oh, we're gonna make like three games in a row and they all have a very dedicated storyline that relate directly until now until like seven and village yeah but even even then it's like yeah yes those are more direct sequels from one another more so than resident evil has ever done besides five and six but like even four and five like barely like it's like the lost plagas that's where it came from but yeah like i said uh it's it's not like metal gear solid there isn't like a big uh thick plot behind everything that's leading along this story it's individual stories and then it's like at the end of it they're like all right now how do we connect it back to previous resident evils oh well we'll say this and that all right good enough ship it off i just think it's a there's a weird uh the 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 part that loses me is the the man-made virus part where to what end is like you're manufacturing a, a bioweapon you test it on a town or whatever okay but then the 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 ancient bug that wakes up and infects a village and it's just like oh boy here we go again this is a lot like the zombie thing but it's different no but that, like, that's the whole point of resident evil 4 yeah. was that zombies weren't cool anymore it was that people I think were bored I, of them <laughs> i think what i'm asking for is maybe not the medieval resident evil but something that takes place before all this and i'm sure there exists in the in the canon and fan fictions of the internet but uh, more of a bookend of what what is this threat? What is this organization that that fights against it? Why were they? Why were they? F- be- okay, so in Resident Evil One, who are those people? Who who is Chris and who is Jill? And who oh, is- they're just so Chris and Jill are part of Stars, which is a special tactics and rescue squad of the Raccoon Police City Department, and that's okay. So they're just it. like a SWAT department. They're yeah. not even like okay. They're not regular they get sent cops. to a mansion yeah. and they're dealing with zombie dogs and shit. Yeah, like they're specifically like a SWAT kind of team. Okay, and then the BSAA is what. They is were the UN for zombie outbreaks. So yeah, the UN formed them as a counter bioterrorist unit. That okay, cr- but like Chris Redfield's just a cop. No, he was a Stars unit, which is basically a SWAT unit, and he joined the BSAA as a soldier. It makes okay, perfect sense. Okay, but after sense. that, they yeah they did, yeah well yes I'm saying his his he, yes he, but uh, uh, and then that goes into Resident Evil Seven if you want to talk about the disbanding of the BSAA and all this other shit. Uh, well, not hmm. disbanding, but like, so when you play eight, um, you find out Leon's just like a he's he's just like a U.S. agent. He's just yes, he's not part of. He's basically yeah. like a freelancer. Um, and then yeah. you find out. So in seven, Chris leaves the BSAA and joins Blue Umbrella. So blue okay. blue umbrella go. is um, blue pill umbrella. Basically, the remnants of the people that weren't aware of Umbrella's shady dealings that worked at Umbrella in the U.S. <laughs> And yeah, like it sounds crazy, but they're like they've dedicated like this new thing to like cleaning up biohazard messes. Sure. And yeah, they're yeah. and they're like, if we don't use the umbrella name, then no one will like take us seriously. Like, we have to own up to our mistakes. So Chris joins as like not so much to uh, not so much as a favor, but to like make sure they're not up to make sure they're. What up is to- his position at that company? Like he's just a, he, he joins them as like a higher up lieutenant. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> as you want a hitman? <laughs> no, as like a soldier, dude. Um, okay. He, he joins them and he's just want to make sure they're up to. No, he wants to make sure that they're not up to no good. I see. Um. So between that, but game, they're they're a pharmaceutical company. No, they're 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 a company dedicated to cleaning up biohazard uh, incidents, like Resident Evil Seven. Okay. Like I said. All right. So you get to Resident Evil Eight, Chris. At this point, um. It, I, apparently they're not blue umbrella i think he just forms his own like private squad of guys that are like so he did like the wesker thing he like joined a sub thing and then then spun out into his own yeah he kind of just has his own squad and then uh they're going through the game and at the end chris's and boys and you see the bsaa come in and you're like oh like chris's old boys like okay but then uh they engage like the enemies that you engage and then you're like, oh, fuck the BSA. You're like, Okay, what? so it's like the future, and it's like we have private military, but we have, like, private biohazard cleanup no, military, and they're all vying for... let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Go ahead. 
So you see the BSAA, and you're like, why the fuck are the BSAA here? And then uh, the implication you get from the way Chris is speaking to your team is that the BSAA aren't super awesome as they used to be. Uh, you find out after that the fucking PSAA are now using zombies as soldiers. Like, they, ta- they take off, like, a gas mask off, like, this soldier guy, and it's a fucking zombie under. They're like, they're using bioweapons as soldiers. And then Chris is like, perfect. then Chris immediately says, take us to BSAA headquarters, Europe. And then you do it. the end of the game. Nope. Then you do a flash forward 10 years to the future. <laughs> oh, is that the, is that, are we talking about seven right now? No, eight. Eight. Okay. No, no, you do it way more than 10 years, like 15 years into the future. Cause it's a baby. And then you go into when the baby is a teenager. What the fuck? Yeah. And all the... Okay, here's the weird thing about Resident Evil. All these characters, Lee, age in real yeah. time. Oh, so, yeah. I'm, fo- I'm, I'm following that. Like... Hmm. So Claire's canonically like 40-something right now. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm just saying, that's, I think that's pretty neat. Like, at some point, these characters are going to be way too fucking old to keep making games. Well, why do you say that? Because they've all been injecting themselves with shit over the years. Like, you don't think they have some, like... <laughs> well, because, like, uh, Nick Fury and, like, Black Widow in the comics, right? You have to explain why in, in 2010, Nick Fury and Black Widow look like they're, like, in their 30s. Well, they took some version of the super soldier serum during World War II that didn't give them superpowers, but did make them age slower. So, like... There was, like, a time when Black Widow would reference herself being, like, 70 or, or something, and she was, like, still looking young. And that's how they... It's like, Spider-Man's been around since the 60s. We just accept that Spider-Man ages it's like the Simpsons, where eventually they, he will become older, but it takes... You know, it took 40 years for Spider-Man to age 6 to 10 years. No, I, so, but I'm just saying, like, these characters just age in real time. What's, what's great about that is it implies a chronology... Like, that these events are are on a timeline somewhere at Capcom. Like, that you, you can't actually... Like, as far as I know, uh, I'm sure you could... Like, plot holes in Resident Evil, do they happen? Have there been any major ones over the years? It seems pretty consistent if you just tell the same kind of story that they're telling in these games that you avoid it and that you can have this now. Like, it seems like the new games, 7 and 8, they looked at their lore... And they're like, that's the thing to build up. And in doing so, changed the gameplay to that first-person thing, made it more atmospheric. Seven's the the most horrific the series has ever been. And it's successful in that, because maybe people... That's like the piece of the pie that's been missing this whole time, is add that lore, show us 15 years into the future. Like I was just talking about, show us the past. Like maybe in the next game, tie something real real far back and make it be like, oh no, man, you like if you played all these games, there's just all these so many Easter eggs. I clapped when I saw the Wesker baby. Like whatever it is. <laughs> is that what people want? Like you've played a bunch of these games now. What do you want out of the series? What do you want to see? Because so they're making a Resident Evil 4 remake. Other than that, what what do you want to see? That's the thing. Um I personally like the man made stuff. I like the Resident Evil 2, 3 like setting more. Obviously, sure. I enjoy just because years of programming my head, like the third person over the head kind of games more. But um, yeah, like Village and Village and Seven just aren't my thing personally. I like that in the other games you're playing like a trained specialist going after these horrific man-made incidents. Um, or even in the case of Resident Evil 4, like, you're, like, you know, the secret agent guy in, like, this zombie town thing, uh, as opposed to 7 and 8, which is a more typical horror game where you're playing an ordinary person thrown into extraordinary circumstances. I think it's hard to call him an ordinary person. Well, but... yeah, by the time you get to 8, yeah, of course. Um, so that's what... What I would like is another game, like Resident Evil 2 or 3 remake, obviously update some things uh add in a bunch of new weapons um make it a lengthy game let's let's make it a bit longer um it's hard to say i haven't played enough resident evil yet to really have a good holding of what i want out of the series so what so my uh here are the pros of resident evil is that the the zombie outbreak or or the uh thing you're dealing with in these games is never worldwide it's it's self it's contained to a raccoon city or it's contained to you know the village in in four etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Uh, so you never have something worldwide. It's never like I don't. I'm trying to remember a time when like Wesker's on the news. Like, does it happen? No. Like, uh, yeah, it's all it's all isolated incidents. Yeah. So totally. yeah. So the benefit of that is the best part of most zombie stories, or where monster du jour gets uh, gets loose, is uh, the beginning when when it, there's chaos and like what's happening, like the Raccoon City. Like suddenly it's a zombie outbreak, but you learn there's of course the shadowy organization. You tell the story thereon. That's the that's the best part about Resident Evil is like like Resident Evil Four. You can just make up something else that happened a long time ago, and you know we it, it's been covered up over time, and you can always do that. You can always hit that uh, zombie outbreak has just happened. Um, I think that's the I think that's what I would want to see. I want to see a callback, something completely different. I have now like I've played a bit of uh, Resident Evil Seven uh, and and Eight, and like I said, I think the the lore they're building there around the existing characters and stuff like that is is people seem to be enjoying it, and they're way bigger fans of the IP than I ever will be. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna step back, but I think I think my thing of like show us something that happened in the '70s that got like show us Resident Evil Zero make negative one. Yeah, uh, well, I, <laughs> what I think they're doing obviously is Resident Evil Four remake. They just did the the Quest Two Resident Evil Four uh, port thing, which is really fucking cool. Um, but then they're going to be doing a sequel to Seven and Village that's gonna be assumedly the main character is gonna be Rose, who is the baby from Eight. Um, she's going to have super mold powers. So because of that, because of that, you might have, yeah, very interesting gameplay in the next thing, which I think could really freshen up the series. Cause that's a thing I think people had as a complaint with village was that it felt just more of the same from seven, but just with more guns and bullets. Um, I think you've said it before, though. You you like a game where you just play as Hunk and you're just blasting zombies yes, or monsters. Yes. Or, yeah. Well, yeah, that's just me, though, because, like, I think Hunk's super badass and, like, his section's super fucking cool. Um, but that brings me uh, to what I just beat yesterday, which was the Resident Evil 3 remake. And I think that it does share a lot of the qualities of, like, what I would want out of the Hunk game because it was more of an action-y approach to the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, so I was able to enjoy it for different reasons because of that. Um, and I think Resident Evil 3 makes a good starting point from what I want out of Resident Evil's, which is definitely still horror intense, um, but give me more options in combat. Um, sure. So Resident Evil 3 obviously introduces that dodge mechanic. You have a bunch of different weapons that wasn't in the two remakes, such as um, like a three-burst pistol... Uh, there's a really neat, like, mine grenade launcher thing that does a delayed explosion, which is fun. Um, very short game. Four hours I was done. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, it's, and it's not like two, <laughs> it's not like two remake where there's a Leon A and a Claire B and then there's a Claire A and a Leon B, even if they are very similar. Um, there's not, there's no, there's no extra hunk mode. There's no extra free DLCs. <laughs> should, should have added some ghosts and a scene where you get pizza or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no, uh, there's, there's no hunk mode. There's no tofu mode. There's no, uh, ghost survivor free, free DLCs. Like there's like five extra modes after you're done the story in Resident Evil 2 remake. There's none well, of Didn't they add a multiplayer mode to it? And uh, that's resistance, but that's remake. that's like yeah. that's like the two and three in general. I think it's the same. Oh, is kind it in of... two as well? I thought it was it was a three exclusive mode. Oh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent about that. I can't really comment on that. Um, it sounds it sounds kind of feature light until you consider. Oh, maybe they did put that multiplayer in where you can just play. I don't. Own. It wasn't on release. I for sure. It's, no, wasn't it wasn't there on it wasn't there on release. They added it uh, later. Yeah, for sure it wasn't on their release. Yeah. Um, so the game was much shorter and a lot less content in that regard. There is a shop you can do after the game, depending on your score. You get a certain amount of currency that you can spend on various things that range from costumes to cheats. To unlimited uh, ammo guns, which could, like, really... It, basically, they want you to play the game over and over again. Um, but be, uh, but because the game is, I want to say... It's a lot more linear, for sure, than Resident Evil 2. Uh, there's not as nearly as much backtracking, which is a positive or negative, depending on what you want out of the game, if you're really into the explora- uh, exploration part of it. Um nemesis wasn't a dynamic chase villain like mr x was which again is a positive or negative depending what you like out of these kinds of games 
I was happy not to have this big thing constantly on my ass chasing me. But I know there's a lot of people that were super disappointed because, especially in the original PS1 version, Nemesis was a very dynamic uh, enemy who could show up at various points uh, out of nowhere. Hmm. Um, also, from what I understand, they cut like a lot of areas from the remake. Like there was no clock tower, I don't think. Um, yeah, and some other locations, and people were very upset about that because they're like, it's just cutting out a bunch of content. Um, the things I really did enjoy about the game is Jill was really fun. Um, like generally seemed to have a much more realistic and uh, normal reaction to like her situation than Leon or Claire did in the two remake. She like was constantly like, screaming in fear uh, would like would be like fuck and shit like that when everything whenever bad stuff would happen. Just like you. Yeah, just like me. Um, yeah, are you a Claire or a Jill? Take this, this <laughs> test to find out. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a drinky poo. Um, so, yeah, just let it be dead air for a few seconds. Like, so, it, and then Car- Carlos, who is the second character that you play as throughout the game, um, was awesome. Carlos is easily the fucking best character in this game and probably the best part of the entire game in general. Uh, he just has a bunch of great lines. He's constantly, like, I don't want to say joke flirting, but he's constantly, like, teasing Jill and... As the relationship grows, it's really nice. Uh, like when he says the line, he's like, I'm not going to leave you alone in this uh, cold, cruel, Carlo-less world. I'm like, fuck, you are a hunk. <laughs> Carlos-less. Yeah, Carlos-less world. Uh, just super great. He has this really awesome section, especially in the hospital, where you have to wall off uh, all the areas and defend them from waves and waves of enemies. Even hunters start pouring in, and you're just like constantly bobbing and weaving, tossing grenades shooting guys you have like 600 bullets uh and that's what i mean by this game's a lot more action oriented than the two remake yeah. it it constantly feels like there's uh more danger there's more zombies uh the the corridors are tighter uh but yeah um i think you're gonna find that six is like that too six is like much bigger emphasis on just moving forward and and the action just like dealing with it as it comes so it's like the pacing is different it's just just push forward go to the get to the story yeah and in my opinion that like getting to the story is not why i play those games but yeah absolutely yeah. i i do enjoy two remake more than three remake because i i enjoy the slower pace of the two remake for a game like this um, if I was playing like Resident Evil 4, of course, uh, I wanted to be fast and I wanted to be like frantic. Um, yeah. But yeah, besides that, uh, I also think they might have cut out some boss fights because you literally only fight Nemesis. Like, I, man, we're like, I was like two hours in and already Nemesis is no longer in his regular form. Like, I, like he was already like in his mutated state. I'm like, fuck me. Like, I think I'm close to being done this game. And then two hours later, I was like, yep, I'm fucking done this game i guess really incredibly easy boss fight one of the last one of the easiest final bosses um i just light him up with a rocket launcher and it's over or what (coughs) excuse me um (laughs) yeah there's this big uh electric rail gun thing you have to shoot like glowing bulbs off his body so he's stunned so you can recharge the batteries and shoot him again with it and then that's basically it and I played on normal mode. I didn't play on on assisted or anything like that because I wanted to get like the true experience, sure, um, the normal experience. Yeah. In general, I found the zombies to be tougher. The shooting was not as tight as two remake, kinda. Interesting, because it's like the same game. Like it's very similar, but like the shotgun reticle, for example, was different. I didn't feel as tight to me, and I didn't get that satisfactory pop as often as I would in two remake. Um. And then the other thing, but the other thing was hunters, hunters, hunters fucking suck. They're in place of liquors for the most part. You find one liquor in the game when you go back to the RPD as Carlos, which was like the biggest eye clap shit ever. I was like, yay, I was here literally last weekend, but I'm already like nostalgic. On higher difficulties, do they increase the tougher enemies or do they just, is just more of them, less stuff to pick up? Yeah. How how do they scale? Yeah. Less enemies. Enemies have more health. Enemies do more damage to you. Uh, stuff like that uh it's only on assisted where like the enemy count doesn't change it's just on assisted you get like a bonus weapon enemies have less health 
you do more damage, yada yada. Um, gotcha. So it's the hunters that suck. They're basically the replacement for the lickers. Hunters are like these really fast lizard things. I was going up to the top floor of the fucking hospital, and there's just a hallway right in front of you, and you just see one run past really quick. I'm like, shit, I'm playing like midnight, and it's pitch dark in my entire apartment because I'm in my windowless den. I'm going forward, and it does that cutscene from the original game where it's in the POV of the hunter running towards you. I'm like, oh, fuck, 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 and just bursts through the door and starts blitzing at you. When you're used to the whole game, just the zombies kind of staggering at you. And you just, that's what I love is the panic moments where you just, like, start pressing buttons. You're throwing grenades. Oh, that shit's wild. Um, Chef's kiss. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll definitely be going back to Resident Evil 2 Remake before this game, I think. It just has better pacing. The The challenge of it is more gradual. I felt like 3 Remake, as soon as you get to the hospital, the difficulty spike is just enormous. Um, but besides that, it's still a fantastic game. For the price I paid for it, which was $25, it was worth it. If this was $80, I would have been pretty upset. Just because of sure. the the yeah. length of it and the fact that the only replayability is like you can you know you have an unlimited ammo gun or something like that, it's it's not like it's not giving me incentives like Resident Evil Two did to play it so I can unlock extra modes and extra characters. Well, there it is. I think uh, we'll call that the end of part two of our Resident Evil retrospective. What a what a lot of Resident Evil. Read. Uh, going to just pivot perfectly into Back for Blood, which I played a little bit of. You can oh. play that game uh, with, with AI. I'm playing on console, and it's uh, the controls are bad. Uh, so on PC, apparently, <laughs> that's uh, much improved. I went and found a guide to uh, to change the sensitivity and the, the settings on the controller, and uh, it's a little snappier. It's a little more like I remember uh, Left 4 Dead being. The game is fine. Uh, you you build up perks in the form of a deck of cards. Uh, cards, of course, have abilities that affect other cards that are good. You have uh, four characters in the game with others to unlock. All kinds of weapon types, all kinds of weapon attachments. Uh, it's a good, uh, you know, they're ratcheting up the difficulty. You get more special zombie types. It has that same director thing like Left 4 Dead did, where every time you play a, a level, the the waves of zombies might not happen at the same time. The game is kind of has an ebb and flow to it where it's detecting, oh, they're really hurt right now. What if we just sent a bunch of zombies at them right now instead of later? Uh, that kind of stuff is still present here. Of course, it is the the uh, some of the skill. I believe most of the higher ups of the crew that made Left 4 Dead uh, now making their own thing here. Uh, the game looks good on PC, a little less so on console. Plays fine. Uh, it's ex- if you like Left 4 Dead. Let me tell you about Back for Blood. Uh, it's got crossplay on it. Uh, it's a Game Pass game, which is uh, phenomenal because this is a eighty dollar product. Otherwise, if you're playing on PlayStation or I'm sure on PC, there's there's a bit of a discount. Uh, but but if you like blasting zombies on that normal mode, a game that you can just kind of hey hey there's ammo over here and then just talk you know shoot the shit with your buddies while you blast a bunch of zombies. It's it's that it's that game. Uh, so recommend on on I guess that on those like I don't know how much I'm gonna play of it I don't know if I would have someone who, to play with or if it would be a game that could even like Left 4 Dead for me I I played more of that game than I enjoyed I think uh, it is fun to play on the higher difficulties it's fun to play as the zombies in Left 4 Dead that was a fun uh, twist where you could actually like play as the dude with the big tongue yeah I ever played that a bit uh, ca- catch a friend and shit like that uh, otherwise I played The Good Life. Uh, which is the new game from Sweary65. Reed, are you familiar with who that is? I never heard of it. Are you familiar with the game Deadly Premonition? Oh, holy shit, yeah, of course. Okay, uh, this is that's him. Uh, it's uh, D4, uh, Dark Dreams Don't Die, which was a Kinect game, which was maybe his best work. Uh, made that The Missing game, Deadly Premonition 2, of course. And now his latest offering, The Good Life. This was a Kickstarter game from quite a few years ago. Uh, so... The, his games, and I, I'm going to use this very... Uh, how do I put this? They're not good. They're bad. Uh, there's there's a lot of weird things about them. They are kind of... Uh, they're not janky. They're playable games. Uh, Deadly Premonition is a game that you, you can play, uh, and it's going to have that certain je ne sais quoi, that certain kind of strange Facebook video-esque thing where something's a bit off in this world. This is clearly <laughs> the vision of someone who sees the world a little differently. It's the same thing that makes a movie like The Room rewatchable, where every time you pick up something a little different, something's a little off, something's a little manic, or or or, or like, you know, 
uh, Uncanny Valley about his games. And The Good Life is no exception to that. A game where you play a uh, photographer who has come to a small town to uncover their deep, dark secret and uh, to pay off a a bunch of debt by posting pictures on social media. That is the plot of this game. Uh, Deadly Premonition is like a tour de force. It is a massive game that's kind of a send-up of Twin Peaks and movie references. And there's... It's almost like he, he he has that list of, like, the Peter Molyneux list of things we're going to put in Fable. Like, a tree will grow, grow in real time, and that turns out to be a lie that never happened in yeah. the game. <laughs> uh, Deadly Premonition and Sweary 65 games are like, this is going to happen in the game, and by God, no matter what corner they have to cut, that mechanic will be in the game. If he's like, I'm going to make a photography game... Uh, with, with which is a I, I consider a higher end mechanic to have an open world adventure game that also has a photography mechanic. Uh, not like taking snapshots of your game like every game has now, but I mean an actual mechanic in game where you take pictures. Uh, I think is is kind of unique, is kind of uh, far reaching. Uh, the the secret of this village read is that everyone on the was it the full moon? I don't know what it is. It's cursed. <laughs> Everybody turns into cats and dogs at nighttime. Oh my uh, god! I was gonna say werewolves, but that's pretty close. No, it's just puppies and kitties, bro. And uh, you, you, my wife was playing this game, and I was like, "What? This is incredible. This is I. I don't want to play this ever. But if my wife's gonna play this, I would love to watch her play it. She's since bounced uh, from it. But uh, she was. It was like one in the morning, and she's like, "I gotta do this quest, but I'm, fl- I'm fucking falling asleep. You gotta play this." And I was sleeping, so I woke up. I'm given the controller. I've never played this game before, and a witch is talking to me, and she's like, "You got to go take a picture of three things. You got to get me ten pieces of catnip. You got to go." I'm like, "Oh my god, what?" Uh, and then thankfully, the map was showing me the reticles. I went and gathered all these things. She gave me a potion. I took the potion. I turned it into a cat. I promptly saved and quit the game, went to sleep, uh, and I have not stopped thinking about that game. <laughs> it's like, what a way to be introduced to such a weird game, like in a dreamlike state where you're like not sure what's reality and what's not. You're just following the instructions on screen. Uh, the whole game has like a jittery, like the animation in it. I can't tell if it's intentional or just running poorly, but either way, I'm digging it. It's got like a frame rate thing going on. Uh, look up this game, man. It's fucking weird. Anyways, The Good Life, I've talked way more about this game than uh, I've played of it. Actually, uh, now that I think of it, but it's on Game Pass, uh, just like Back for Blood. So it'll cost you nothing to check out this. Really, if you like weird adventure games, if you like weird zany characters, if you like dialogue that sounds like a person from the moon wrote it, I cannot. Uh, if you like Deadly Premonition, try this out. It's just basically a more joyful version, non-spooky, non-murdery, as far as I know, version of that game where you are yeah, just not a, yet hoity-toity, big city photographer trying to pay off your debt by taking pictures in a small town and uncovering their their deep, dark secret where they all turn into puppies and kitties. <laughs> 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 Fuck it. It's a good time. Reed, have you played anything else this week? Uh, nope. Wow. I've just been playing... Well, then I'll just keep, just been playing I'll just keep going. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, I've also beaten Res- uh, Resident Evil 3. I've also beaten Yakuza 3. Oh, my God. Uh, and I will say now uh, that 0, 1, and 2 are a much better trilogy than 1, 2, and 3. But I think that kind of goes without saying, and that was also maybe their intention when they made 0. Um, as an arc, as like a, as a cure you arc. Because in this See, in this game, in 3, it's it's a bit, bit more political. It's a bit more Kiryu has left the clan. He's put uh, Daigo, his, he, he, who he thinks is going to be a good guy. In, in charge and for all intents and purposes. Yes, uh, he's been serving properly. He's got Majima in there, uh, ca- kind of keeping out, keeping the muscle in Komorocho, and he's moved out to Okinawa, and he's opened a goddamn orphanage. Uh, the thing about Kiryu as a character is, like, there's no redemption needed for Kiryu, because since Yakuza 0, he's been written as a really good guy. A criminal, sure, he's involved in, in, in dealings and directly relationships with people in these clans that murder and and racketeer and intimidate and all these things but Kiryu as a man uh is always there willing to die uh for what's for what's right and helps the the small man there's nothing needed for Kiryu in terms of redemption arc him opening an orphanage just like his adoptive father did for him is fine except Kiryu's uh isn't necessarily for children of uh people he has killed it's more just for orphans that needed a place to stay stay of course so over the course of the game you do a number of uh, quests dealing with the orphanage and the kids and uh, fleshing out the kids' characters, trying to make the, you know, at first you're like, really, this is what we're, this is what we're doing, and then of course they they endear the kids to you 
and uh, through a number of ways. And the these other characters, the small kind of <clears throat> gangster type family uh, that lives in this this small town in, Oka in that's basically Okinawa. Uh, you you befriend them. Uh, you learn you learn kind of the lore of you know what's been going on with organized crime locally. But Kiryu, for the most part, has stepped away from the family. Unfortunately, he is drawn back in by a power struggle in the Tojo clan. Uh, there's a, a man who you learn is from the CIA, who is the brother of your adoptive father, who looks exactly like him, and uh, he's he's like a hitman for the CIA, and he's going around shooting people and causes all this unrest. Also, they want to tear up the orphanage, and they want to build either like a resort or a military base. You learn that this is all a ploy uh, to get this military base made so that people will think weapons will be there so they can flesh out this terrorist organization that's going to try to intercept. So the CIA's plan... The, the plot gets a little too big for its britches, and Kiryu is kind of uh, whirlwinded back into the world of organized crime as uh, the, the, the power struggle happens in the Tojo clan while this, this insane shit is happening uh, to deal with, with this. The idea of a plot, that the, the plot is we're going to pretend, like, we're going to have politicians pretend and lie that we're going to make this military base just so this this terrorist organization will be brought into the light and we can arrest them uh and then you have a guy who who you think is from the cia and he's not he's from the terrorist organization and he speaks in english which is super weird uh because everybody else speaks in japanese and he's like an awful like the voice acting is just what you are expecting like if someone in a devil may cry game spoke in english and was supposed to be american quote-unquote this is what they would sound like and it's great <laughs> Uh, and, but the 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 guy you beat up at the end, like he's he's just a yakuza needs to be to learn his place, needs to be taught a lesson uh, and learn that money isn't everything that what what true power is. And Kiryu kind of ascends to this like messiah esque uh, status of like he he's above a criminal. He's not he, he's the fourth chairman of of you know the clan, but also he's the dragon of of Komorocho. He's the man, and you won't fuck with him. And then they do an ending uh, rug pull. Where another one of the guys who's vying for power in the in the uh, power struggle there, he's he's just like a bum. He's down on his luck. He's in the middle of of Komarocho and and Kiryu comes up to him and this guy's cussing him out. And he's like, I lost everything because of you, you piece of shit. You think you can help everybody? And Kiryu's just like, you know, I'm here, man. And basically like extends his his hand for the handshake to show that uh, you know that guy still got a friend. And Kiryu is not his not his enemy. And this guy takes a knife and plunges it into Kiryu's guts, and the and the credits play. Of course, oh there are four. God. Of course, there are four other games with Kiryu in it. Uh, so I was thinking he was going to be okay. And then, of course, there is a post-credit scene where everybody's back at the orphanage, and uh, well, everybody who survived is uh, is doing well. Um, it's good. Uh, it's the weakest Yakuza game I've played, and I've already started four. And that game uh, just plays better. It's it's crisper. Uh, the fighting feels better. The game looks better. Uh, so having played zero and then Kiwami one and two, three is the game that if, if you were going through all the Yakuza games, that's going to feel its length. Uh, that's going to be a little bit of a sit, uh, because of just, it, it feels like an early PS3 game. There's no, nothing going around that. And uh, having played through it now and seeing what it offers, I don't think it, like, there was never a question, should that game get the Kiwami treatment? No, it shouldn't. And then by, by four, you're already playing a game that feels pretty modern, and I think you're fine. So three will be the black sheep, I think, of Yakuza for me. But that's po that's a positive thing, because now I am more than 50% of the way through Kiryu's journey, Reed. I'm in the latter, the la if there's seven games, zero through six, I am now on four, and, and we're chugging along, man. So thank you for sitting through that. The Yakuza games are very, very good. And, oh uh, no, they they sound good, yeah. and you only have three left, and then res and then Resident Evil fucking and then Resident Evil Seven, and then <laughs> Yakuza Seven Like a Dragon, which will I'm sure be a breath of fresh air at that point in the series for you. Both of our brains stored Resident Evil and Yakuza in the same folder, and we keep pulling out the wrong fucking yeah. Thing. <laughs> uh, four is interesting. The gimmick of four is that there are four protagonists. Uh, one of them is, of course, Kiryu, uh, but I haven't met him yet. Um, playing as like a very handsome loan shark, uh, who's going around Komarocho just see uh, also him. So, so this like kind of the way this game is set up is just like, oh, Kiryu's not the only legend of of Komarocho of, of this thing. There are these other guys, these other these other characters in the underbelly of the world uh, that are also operating and stuff like that. And then that's kind of gives me a little bit of uh, context for the judgment game, which is also set in the same universe, but has nothing to do with these other characters. The idea that there's just constant crime and like shit going on in this, in this few blocks of Tokyo 
is uh, is good times, man. I like uh, I like those games. Last thing I'm going to talk about, I wrote it down. Oh, uh, the fucking Red Dead Outlaw Pass. I did it again. I have to go. I have I have two days left to beat this Outlaw Pass, so I get the free Halloween pass. But Reed, <laughs> it's going to be so worth it. I'm going to get a skull lantern. Oh my and, god! Uh, I'm going to show them online. I'm going to like hold it up to them and be like, "Look what I got! Look, Look what this. I did! Look at this! Uh, Look at this!" Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick blitz through the news read, just because there are some uh, relevant stories, and then we're going to say our goodbyes and and do what we got to do on a Sunday afternoon. Now, Advance Wars Remaster. Uh, do you, did you ever play Advance Wars? No. No. So I Game didn't. Game? So as far as handheld consoles go, uh, I had a Game Boy Color for a bit, um, sure. and then I didn't buy anything till the 3DS. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, you missed the Game Boy Advance, which was uh, a, a, hell a great of a console. Little, uh, console. <laughs> yeah, hell of a console. Hell of a console. Uh, so th- so these games are being remastered for uh, the Switch. Uh, all new graphics and stuff like that. They have pushed this game, but strangely, uh, later, a few days later now, Nintendo will be distributing the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Collection uh, for the Switch. Uh, And that game, of course, will also be coming out on PC and PS4 and Xbox. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tinfoil hat uh, coincidence that they decided to move that game around. But I digress uh, I'm looking very much forward to the Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy Definitive Edition. I understand uh, that some people just, those are not the games for them. Uh, <laughs> I have a reverence for all three of those games uh, for one reason or another. Uh, I am very much looking forward to the, so it, I'm of two minds. Because obviously if you watch the trailer for this, they have they have done a facelift to these games. They have changed the controls. They have changed the, the, the mechanics of the lighting. Uh, the weather, the games look polished up. They still look like they used to, but like someone has gone over them with a, a highlighter pencil here and made it really pop. And the the two minds of that is that they've also removed the original versions of these games from sale, basically now in lieu of the, these coming out. Meaning, it's it's kind of a a not a not a whitewashing. That's not at all what I'm trying to say here. But like a we can't play the original versions unless you have them. Kind of sucks. Uh, because these, it's basically like these Star Wars special editions. Those came out on Blu-ray, and they, I, as far as I know, they have still not released the original VHS releases again on Blu-ray. The only way you can get it is with the fucking stupid CGI stuff added, uh, and that's kind of what this feels like to me. But I will still, uh, hopefully, the soundtracks are also in place because, in terms of licensing, I don't know how that works. How how do you take a game from nearly twenty years ago and still well, hold those licenses? I think it's. I don't think it's a case of holding licenses. I think it's wouldn't you be contracting out a song to be like, all right, this is going to be in this game for as long as it's this game is a game. So that's the question: is did they pay for lifetime publishing rights for those songs? Because then they're fine. Uh, but or, are you are you publishing? Or are you just repurposing a game that's twenty years old? Like, well, because like look at uh, Silent Hill and look at the look at some stuff with like voice acting. Sometimes they only contract the voice acting for one generation. So I, if they're like, oh, we want to re-release a PS2 game on PS3, they actually have to re-record the voice acting. That's in that's the same a, way. Yeah, that's a weird thing because like, say you paid five hundred grand in your movie to get the final countdown by Europe. Right, and then twenty years, they're gonna like re-release your movie in the- theaters, like they do with like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Sometimes, yeah. Like, is Europe gonna come up to you and be like, "Give us another five hundred grand"? Or is well, it- think of it this way: <laughs> What if it was five hundred grand to put it, to do that one theatrical and DVD run licensing of their song? But what if it was three million to license it for lifetime? So if you re-release it in theaters or you do subsequent uh, Blu-ray. Uh, publishes of the song or whatever so even look at like wrestling now uh they have songs that are in stuff that's been uploaded to peacock and like the wwe network where they have to change the music and that's exactly why either it was ecw and they were just stealing the music like they no one was paying fucking royalties but uh when it's live it's it's a little different right so that's the question will they have to i mean we haven't seen the announcement yet but maybe they're like oh the following tracks are cut from vice city because maybe they could only license them for the ps2 release but they have subsequently released those games a bunch of times on further consoles and the soundtrack is still in place. Yeah. So as far as I know, they are spending the money. Uh, and why not? That, I mean, that's a huge, like, let me tell you in terms of licensed soundtracks, Vice City and, and San Andreas, both uh, the licensed soundtracks in those games are a huge part of how effective they are in being period pieces. Like the, the soundtracks, the, that the fact that they made full radio station lists uh, where like oh no this would be this could be playing on a like a more emotional love song radio this is more the pop hits this is more the you know you have a country station etc yeah. that stuff is yeah. fucking phenomenal in those games um, 
and uh, I'm excited to play them again. So that that'll be out on November 11th. Uh, digitally, or if you want to wait till the seventh of December, uh, you can get a physical edition. It's a very busy all... month. Gotcha. It's a very busy month. Very Shimigami busy. Tensei Five and uh, po- Pokemon for me. Shimigami is going to be a tough one because uh, they are going to get buried in that November shuffle. I think, other than the, of course, hardcores uh, picking that game up. Uh, I think that was to their detriment to release uh, in that window. Personally, I think given more more room to breathe like a persona like persona 5 had so many people bandwagon jumping on just based on its re- kind of release timing i think that shimigami would have really benefited from a like a late spring yeah it's just like people are looking for something to to play as, as school ends or something like that i don't know we'll see time will tell it would be nice to see shimigami tensei go over in the same way that persona has and become like it's such a neat visual like such a visually neat series uh, it would be cool to see more of them and see those characters. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Overwatch's McCree gets his new name. He's now Cole Cassidy, which is like from the WWE book of renaming. Why uh, did they rename him? Uh, his name uh, previously was, was uh, I believe he was had the namesake of someone who has been, uh, had some allegations against them in this whole Activision Blizzard thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so they have, they have swapped that name out uh, to no longer be triggering... And that whole thing sounds like it's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, basically, they've they've had a, a very small settlement come out, and then because of how information was collected from the people who who have actually filed the lawsuit now, whatever's going on, uh, basically didn't didn't dot their eyes, didn't cross their t's, and the whole thing might get thrown out. Therefore, because obviously Activision Blizzard is going to hire the cream of the crop in terms of lawyers to to get, you know get these allegations dropped right so yeah it's it's looking ugly it's looking like there might not be any real change it looks like something that people need to keep talking about because every other week some story like this is coming out and uh uh, 18 million dollar settlement to them as far as i know is all activision has has paid so far to like a a a sub allegation or or lawsuit that came out against them that's nothing that's pocket change bobby kotick's got that in his, his back of his fucking pj pants right now so We'll see. It's not. A, it's not about money. Hitting them in their pocketbook sucks. Yes, uh, but the legacy of these gentlemen, uh, seeing so many people kind of retire or be ousted or or kind of move on in in light of this, there's no real justice here. It's very unsatisfying in terms of like if you were to make a movie of this, the ending would suck. Like there, every and everybody kind of got away with it. Uh, would be an awful ending for what this this story is. So, new PlayStation State of Play airing next week. It'll be a twenty minute look at third party games. So that's exciting, I guess. Yeah, sure. sure. I yeah. always like showcases. Give me more showcases. Uh, Ubisoft looking to uh, get some uh, good goodwill favor with its fans after announcing a game that. What was that? They announced some kind of like third person shooter. Uh, what was it? Frontline. Ghost Recon Frontline, 100-player free-to-play shooter. Uh, they would delay a closed technical test as they delayed the whole game. Um, extreme disappointment from their community. Spaces like Ghost Recon subreddit and blah, blah, blah. Published to have notes. Okay. So Ubisoft has has done this thing now where they just support their games long-term. Like even Wildlands and, and Breakpoint and stuff like that. Like they are still, I think, adding things and having events in those games. So for them to just announce another game on top of those seems kind of strange, especially in light of... The Division getting a, like, service game coming out. And then Ubisoft, of course, also making a Star Wars Division-esque game that will be a service game. It's a lot. It's a it's a splintered player base when you have now five or six of these very samey third-person shooters. Uh, because I, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in playing a Division that has Star Wars l- layered over top of it. You? Uh, yes. You are interested in a Star Wars game. We're, if I can just be like a bounty hunter or like just a smuggler dude, and I'm just going around blasting fools with Star Wars guns and weapons, I'm down for that. Wild. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As long as no one's popping a lightsaber, sign oh, me up. Lee, there's gonna be nothing but lightsabers being popped off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, they have announced that a Splinter Cell game is. We're doing it. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's everybody rejoices uh, for Splinter Cell, which, you know, sure. take them or leave them. They're okay. They're okay games. Uh, no Man's Sky continues to get. Uh, they got they got sandworms now. Reed, have you seen Dune yet? No, fuck no. I haven't seen a movie for a while. <laughs> People are throwing around the word masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. Fuck, who cares? God of War, twenty eighteen. 
comes to the Windows PC in January. Good. Let people on yeah. PC play it. It's a good game. I believe it's available on Steam and the Epic Game Store. Uh, the Steam page was very active. It was the highest selling game on Steam immediately when this was announced. And uh, with all the PC perks, of course, all the things you would be looking for from a PC edition, they are here. And that game that is already beautiful, I'm sure, will look even more gorgeous. Speaking of games that will be looking even more gorgeous, hopefully down the line, The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077, current gen upgrades delayed until 2022. So if you were hoping <laughs> to play the cyberpunk ps5 version that was due out oh i believe last year uh and then march and then now next year uh you'll have to wait a little longer it's a bummer that that has also delayed the witcher 3 rollout on ps5 and stuff like that i'm sure they would have wanted that out for the holiday season and sales but here we are what yeah, can you do fucking ridiculous that like that cyberpunk actual... hasn't had any like content dlc yet right they haven't no, added... like how long has it been out now like over a year last right? year december yeah yeah, so, yeah, it's basically been out a year. No content drops yet. No significant patches as far as, like, like significantly changing anything, like, fundamentally goes. Nothing. There, yeah, like, there's no content to play. If you play the main story, congratulations. You play the entire fucking game. Uncharted, starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, finally gets a trailer. You can go check this out online. Yeah. Sure. I don't give a fuck. I, yeah. I you don't need a reverence for Uncharted. I haven't, played, Marky it. I, Mark in this yeah, I haven't played a single Uncharted game in my life. <laughs> Marky Mark is always a good sign in a video game movie. You see Marky Mark hanging out. Sign me up. Just like that Max Payne movie. What a fucking, what a piece of work. Yeah, what a boy. That was. Uh, Among Us is coming to the Xbox and PlayStation in December. Uh, another game in the long lineage of games that were at one time free on a cell phone and that you will now pay $40 for on console. So Yeah, that's right. That. Uh, Stardew Valley. Uh, have you ever played Stardew Valley? That's why no. I, I can't imagine you you would have. Stardew Valley creators uh, next game shifts from farming to chocolate making. Concerned Apes Haunted Chocolatier has been revealed on YouTube. Uh, Stardew Valley, a game made by one person on like a on a PC on a wobbly cart of a PC desk, has ma- sold so many copies. That game is so fucking popular. It's very good. Uh, I've I've played a little bit of it, and my wife has played considerably more. Uh, it mixes the best parts of a Harvest Moon or an Animal Crossing into a, uh, a having a dungeon crawling and having lots of RPG elements in there. It's good times, Reed, and so was this podcast. We ran a little long. Thank you for joining me today. Do you have any closing words about video games for the people? Um, nope. <laughs> Perfectly put. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Leah uh, com is my email address. Send us questions, topics. If we uh, see anything cool on there, we'll, we'll... Did you see on the Impact Wrestling show last night, Reed, that the demon returned? What? Like... Exactly. What demon? Oh, like the, the fucking the WCW demon. demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same guy, I have to understand. Wild. Uh, Mickey James also won the Knockout Championship. And the, uh, the former Iconics have won the tag belts over there, so... Wrestling got weird. What more yeah. can we say? Good for them. Good for them. Good for all of them. Good for Mickey James in particular. Shout out. Anyway, for myself, Lee, and for Reed, that has been a very hazy episode of the Public Beta Podcast here on a Sunday afternoon. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Where Reed has completed three more Resident Evil games, <laughs> no doubt.